Hey Baltimore, this is Megan. I'm here with Elon Cox, co-founder of Blicky, which we will get into in a minute. But thanks for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. So um, to start off, what's your story? Are you from Baltimore? I know you live here now, but where are you from originally? Originally from Northern Virginia, went to Towson, graduated from school, ended up in online advertising here downtown. Um, and the entire time through school and also in advertising, worked in restaurants, realized my passion for hospitality, and then went on to open the food market in Hamden in 2012. Um, and then made an exit from that in 15, May of 15. And after a couple little ventures here and there, started Blicky about a year ago, a little over a year ago. What restaurants did you work in before? I'm curious. So I was at Crush was my first real job in the city. Where which is was, that? It was after was. Taste across from Belvedere Square. It's now the Starlight Diner. It's oh. been the Starlight Diner. It was where Shoe yeah, Fly yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was there, City Cafe, and also Aldo's for the longest period in Little Italy. Oh yeah. Yeah, Aldo's. that was my that was my favorite. I didn't know you worked at City Cafe. Yeah, that's was where it? I met Chad. Right. Who? Yeah, who was my partner? A food, at the food market. market. He's still the owner there. Yeah, I just right. I like trading war stories about restaurants in Baltimore because oh, yeah. I've worked in quite a few too. There you go. Uh huh. Um, so this led you. To start Blicky. It did. In, in a really roundabout fashion, I uh, I got out of the restaurant, took some time to just decompress, and then tried a couple other ventures that I was interested in, but ended up not being you know, something for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Reconnected with a friend from college who was working on a pay-it-forward project. Um, he was actually working at a boutique called, or a startup called Shoptiques, which is a boutique aggregator. You can purchase something from all over the world. And he and I reconnected over this project he was working on called Two Degrees. It was a pay-it-forward project. So kind of like a warm LinkedIn, if there was someone you could benefit from meeting, I'd make the intro. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is Megan. She's interested in whatever it is. You guys should chat. And then in return, we would ask everyone to introduce two other people. Oh, cool. So that pay-it-forward network effect. Um, And when doing that, we did a ton of research and surveyed people and realized that people really want help with travel advice. Sure. Where to go, what to see when they're vacationing or on business. And that led us to what was the problem. Like, how do you even get great local advice, uh, which is what we're solving at Blicky. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a long process, but it was great because we, we learned a lot on the way. And I think we avoided a couple pitfalls just knowing what people were actually looking for. Right. And- so I'm curious because I once had an idea for an app oh, yeah? and like looked into developing it. And it was way more complicated than I thought it would be. Right. I thought I could kind of like call an app store and have them make it. Or <laughs> I don't know yeah, what I was yeah. thinking, it's, but how do you develop an app? So it was a learning process. Neither myself nor Jeff, my co-founder, are technical. So for us, it was definitely a learning curve. Yeah. Um, we initially went with one of those third-party development shops, um, which – was a good and bad experience. You know, you don't have a lot of control over the actual tech on the day-to-day. Um, well, do you, like, I mean, you approach them with the idea. Right. They decide if they're going to take you on or not. Right. And then you pay up front or you pay when it's done. So there's different you models. You don't mind me asking No, no, that. of course. I'm, I'm absolutely. It's, it's interesting. I, yeah. I had to learn it. So there's yeah. different models. The one that we had was you pay weekly. So at the end of the week, depending on how many hours were logged and, and what each developer worked, you then pay that rate. Right. Yeah. So it was interesting. We did that first. That was for our first, what we called MVP, you know, the first iteration to get into the into the marketplace, proof of concept. Right. And then we hired on a full-time engineer who we have full-time now. Wow. Yeah, that was a big step. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you have to be careful, you know, because those are big resources and big expenses. Um, we wish we could have built everything in-house to start, but it just wasn't viable at, yeah. that, at that point. But yeah, we learned a ton along the way, and now we have a very clear vision of where we're headed. So can you talk about the concepts? Like, how, how would you use it Yeah, for traveling? sure. So, so the concept is just connecting with locals for instant local advice. So for example, you go to Austin, Texas for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You've never been. You open up Licky, and you're connected and presented with people that mutual friends on Facebook, similar interests, demographics, someone you could actually benefit from mm-hmm. speaking with. Then you just reach out via message in the app. Hey, I'm looking for tacos and blues tonight. Where should I go? So then that person knows a little bit about you. Maybe you have a chat before and you, you tell them what you're doing there, what your interests are. Um, and then you, you now have information and, and that's guaranteed to suit you instead of having to go to Yelp or TripAdvisor, which is that pool model. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we have things like um, Lonely Planet, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that was – and that guy that – I just listened to their How uh, I Built This podcast. Oh, yeah. Which one? Listen? I love those. Well, it was the uh, Lonely Planet. Right. Yeah. Okay. I love um, and it's us husband and wife, and they started it because they just decided to work in Australia. They were from England, yeah. And like they, they had people coming into town to visit them sometimes, and they just sort of started it that way. You know, it's it was, awesome. yeah. It was very low key, but they realized that there wasn't this local advice that's obviously turned into something else that's much broader and for like for more people, right? But I love that this is like the spirit of that is sort of funneled down into something that's very personal. Yeah, it is, and and. A lot of it is based off really just helping people, helping mm-hmm. each other. Um, that's something that's always been very important to me and then also my co-founder, Jeff. So we based it. We based the premise and the business model off of that. Um, sites like Lonely Planet are incredible and TripAdvisor. Like, there's tons of value there and Yelp mm-hmm. even. Um, but what we felt like was missing in the marketplace, um, our target audience is the millennial who travels. And millennials really, they want everything now and they want it a minute ago. Um, which is which is great, you know. They, and they want it to be unique, right? Absolutely, a unique experience and something that they feel like they can be a part of and mm-hmm. really buy into. So, by allowing people to actually have a conversation back and forth, just like you would a a cousin or a friend or whoever it is in that city, yeah. um, adds immense value to that person's trip, their experience. I always say, you know, we have all these different case studies and use, you know, ways of using the app. But I always say, like, even if I asked you for a brunch recommendation here in Baltimore. And you told me to go to maybe it was Clavel or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be the best restaurant in the world, but now you've, you've made up my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that paradox of choice. You know or, it's not going to be terrible. Right. Analysis <laughs> just, paralysis yeah. of like, oh, should I go here? Should I go there? And, yeah. and people, I think, don't want to have to put that much thought into it. I think that's um, And I value your opinion. So therefore, I know at least it's going to be good. Yeah. You, you're not going to give me a bad recommendation. I hope I'm at certainly least. not. <laughs> unless you're on my bad side. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm not there yet. So what if I'm not connected like through Facebook to somebody in another city? Do I just, so, is it a random pairing or? Sorry, I mean, maybe I wasn't totally clear on that. Oh. You connect with Facebook, but you can connect with anybody. You don't have to oh, be Oh, I thought you were saying to be mutual friends. If you are mutual friends, then oh, the, you'll see okay. them first. Okay. No, if if you didn't know they were on the app, or maybe you didn't know they lived in that city, someone from high school that you've since lost touch, right? You'll connect with those people first because we know that there's a connection, right? And then after that, we'll use our algorithm actually connects you with people based off of demographics or even another degree of separation from Facebook or different information that you've put into the app. Um, we'll learn that way and, and make better recommendations. Do people ever meet up 
like in the cities? So Have we've only been out in the in the marketplace for eight weeks. Oh, right, so you're, I, just, you're on right, the app store we're, now. We're new, yeah, yeah we're congratulations. new. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if people have met up. We haven't gotten feedback, mm-hmm. but um, I think they will at some point, especially if they're making a connection and a and a bond. Well, and if you love like the day that someone planned for you, let's yeah. say, I mean, you might want to meet them and take them out for a drink or something. Totally, yeah, yeah. It, it would be cool, and I think we're gonna learn a lot from what happens. There's apps like Couchsurfing. I don't know if you're familiar, but people will meet on Couchsurfing, the app, and then actually minutes later, an hour later, meet up in the park or whatever it is. It's kind of wild, actually. Yes. Uh, but it's it's really cool. I mean, it's, it's scary. There's a lot of trust. Uh, yeah, that's is, a lot of yeah, trust. which is cool. I think another um, trait of millennials is trust. I think that we, unfortunately or fortunately, can find out a lot about each other Absolutely. pretty quickly at this point. And... Um, you know, but I, but I think that that lends itself to like sites like this or like the couch surfing thing where you can actually trust someone more than you ever could because sure you have um, a little bit more information about them. I think every day and every time a new product comes into the marketplace or you know Facebook makes an improvement for security, people are getting better with it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's still some feelings of of fear and things to worry about. We well, do every we do everything we can on the app to to mitigate that. You know, for example, we know that there's going to be at some point a conversation where one party or the other are not comfortable. Mm-hmm. So we have a way of of blocking that person and flagging that person so that we can step in as as mediators you and know, just, say, hey, what went wrong right. or just cut it off altogether. Yeah. Um, and those are things that you really have to think about because at the end of the day, you know, people are getting advice and meeting, maybe meeting up. Um, or at least they know where you're going to be. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, yeah, at some point. Or, exactly. Yeah. I mean. But yeah, we we are going to try our best to to control that, and I'm hopefully people use it the way it's intended to be used. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a great concept. Thank so, you. So, so uh, if someone's coming to Baltimore, what's your what's your day for them? What so, would you recommend? so I have I have my go tos for certain things, and I like the app is all about finding out what that person wants. Right. So if the person comes here and they're into sports, right? Send them to a game at Camden Yards. Mm-hmm. Check out. Fells Point is always one of my go-tos because I think there's a lot of very Baltimore-centric places to check out, and it's also just a really it's nice – it's a nice vibe. It's beautiful, yeah. right? Um, but then if it's someone who's coming for, say, music and arts, I'm going to send them up to Mount Vernon where we live mm-hmm. um, You know, to one of the art museums. Check out if there's something going on at the symphony or even a show at Center Stage. You know, there, there's And that's what we love about the app is it allows you to – drill down more on what that person wants. Right. So like for me, I have my interests and I have the things I love to do, but I could still speak on, you know, sports you, you, games. You're and, plugged and, in. Right. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, if, if not everybody, could could say, oh, what do you want? Oh, you're looking for a great art museum? Check out this one. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't love art. And, and that's the same way. Like that's what I think separates us from some of the sites like Yelp and TripAdvisor because those are static. They're pull. It's a search engine pretty much where you can say, hey, I want tacos in Baltimore. But then you have to sort through everything. And we were just actually down. We also have to read through, you know, like there's like 100 taco places. Right. Actually, it's 50 reviews each. And it's a a bit overwhelming, right? Yeah. Like how long do you want to take? There's a great when you have a chance. There's a great Aziz Ansari skit for one of his shows where he's finding trying to find a taco spot in New York. Okay. It's like it's hilarious. I'll send it to you actually. But anyway, so we had a conference called Collision Conference down in New Orleans 
and we're actually pitching at the conference. Mm-hmm. So in our slides, one of them, we said, you know, you go on Yelp and you type in Po' Boy here in New Orleans. There's like 953 results mm-hmm. and no one has time to let, to sift through 10 of them. Right. Right? Right. So that's what we love is I can say, hey, Megan, I'm looking for, you know, the best crabs in Baltimore. Where should I go? Yep. And I don't have to read all those Yelp reviews or put it on Facebook and hope someone gets back to me. Yeah. I uh, It's a little more direct to the source, which is really cool. And we're seeing some awesome interactions happening on the app. We're still new. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, this is our first version. So we made some assumptions on how people will connect and use it. Uh, you, like you have to when you design the product. And now we've learned and gotten really incredible feedback yeah. from our early adopters. And we're currently in the in the works in what we're calling our 2.0, which is the new version, mm-hmm. which will have really awesome tweaks to not only the f- the fundamental functionalities, but also the design. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a drastic improvement from where we are now and help with, you know, getting people to spread the word, the word of mouth, and also using the product to get great local advice. Yeah. So I love Baltimore so much. And one of my favorite things is giving people advice about it. I love feeling superior Absolutely. <laughs> sharing things about my city. But I feel like this app, um, it's kind of the perfect way to, like, you just kind of secretly know that people around you are having a good time. Yeah. And you've helped them out. It's, it's like a weird serendipitous activity. Actually, I always said when I was in the restaurant business, you know, I wasn't smart enough to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. I didn't read well enough to become a lawyer. But in the restaurant business in this weird way, like if someone had a bad day at work and they came into the restaurant, even if I never saw them or met them or talked to them, they had a great meal and, you know, forgot about all those worries and issues from the day, I improved their day. And that's really important for me in my own personal life. And I think a lot of people, you know, there's actually a scientific term called the helper's high. When people help each other, you release dopamine and you feel good doing it. And that's why most people like to help people. Um, but another really interesting aspect about about the app, about Blicky, is we're tapping into the shared economy. Which is? Which is, so your Ubers, your Airbnbs, your... Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. so, so the shared economy is, is where you can make an income or make some money doing things, sharing your knowledge, your services, whatever it might be. Um, and we realized that one way, you know, a lot of people have tried to crack the nut that we're going after. How do you get really great local advice? Because it's something that people need. Like, there's mm-hmm. definitely a demand oh, for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that being said, we, we sat down and we really thought, like, well, how do you do that? And how do you penetrate the market and get people to get on board? So we tapped into the shared economy. And right now on the app, if you qualify to charge, which means you've helped a certain number of people for free, given incredible advice. On the app, we have a two-way rating system. So you rate me for my advice. And I rate you with the interaction, just like on Uber or Airbnb. Right. Um, once you qualify, you can then charge a couple bucks for your advice. Oh, nice. Right. And that, yeah, we're really excited about that because it then empowers people that maybe can't have a second job or can't drive for Uber because they don't have a car or rent out their place for Airbnb because mm-hmm. they got to sleep there at night. Mm-hmm. It allows them to make a little bit extra money and incentivizes people to help each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, so who, I guess the the person asking for the advice pays right but at what point do you start paying like do you come right do you come in do you enter the app so right now you know as our first version if someone was charging you would have to pay them just to chat with them right okay but as as i said we're redesigning and we're going to move actually towards more a different type of payment model which is way more intuitive and and like 
after you get the advice, then you can oh, tip okay. or, or pay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, we're really excited about that. And, you know, it stems from when I was in the restaurant business, a lot of servers and bartenders that I worked with wouldn't come to the restaurant until three, four in the afternoon. During the day, they have all day. And these people, including everyone else in the city, have their favorite spots and things they love to do. Mm-hmm. So why not make a couple dollars if you want to, yeah. given your advice? Um, and the cool thing is it's based off each interaction. So, for example, if you and I connected and we had 30 mutual friends on Facebook, then I wouldn't charge you because we have friends and I know that you know all my friends, yeah. right? I would just be like, oh, she seems cool. Let's do this. Yeah. But then if someone comes for a conference and maybe I'm trying to supplement my income or I'm a student who needs to make some beer money or grocery money, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I might charge someone a couple dollars. And, and we capped it at eight bucks, so mm-hmm. it's not a lot of money. It's not going to make it. It's not going to retire. It's anybody. a service fee. It's a service fee. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, we learned that people that are traveling, there's three types of travelers, business travelers, people traveling for vacation and fun, and then also just people exploring their own neighborhoods or city. So the people in their own city or neighborhoods probably aren't going to be paying for advice and might just connect with people as it happens. Someone traveling for work who has, I don't know, $50, $60 per diem doesn't mind spending 2 $3 to get the recommend instead to of eating to right instead yeah. of eating that hotel lobby burger right in and Tulsa. drinking like a, a Miller Lite in Tulsa <laughs> yeah. you connect with someone in Tulsa and, and you're for two barbecue. bucks <laughs> they send you right three blocks down the street for barbecue and a craft beer yeah and you're actually saving money for your company so that's a whole other side of things mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but yeah we we're excited to see where it takes us and and where what people can do yeah. um, and how they can earn income like you know when my sister was just had her twins. She couldn't work. And yeah, she's she like, had twins. Yeah, Congratulations. She, yeah, it's been a little while now, but oh, well. you know, she's a workaholic, right? And she couldn't work. So what if she could sit at home when the kids are napping, even from the treadmill or whatever it might be, yeah. make a couple bucks giving advice? And yeah. there's someone out there that she could connect with that really needs her advice. It's a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Where do you see it going? I mean, what's your do you have like sort of this pie in the sky? Yeah, I I mean we have going toward? We have a, a, a huge vision. I mean, right now we're staying super focused on the problem, like the mm-hmm. niche, you know, millennials who travel, how to get them advice. Slow, steady growth. Right. Yeah. But I think there's opportunity. You know, the puck is headed this way where, you know, peer-to-peer knowledge share. And I think that this will be a model that works across any platform, right? Like we're already seeing it come into talk space as an app where if you need to talk to someone about things you have going on in your life, you can connect with a licensed clinician Mm -hmm. and and there so this is these are all models that we're seeing happen yeah um and i think at hopefully at some point it'll be knowledge share for any industry and anything at all are you um are you rolling out city by city or is this sort of like organically cropping up great question we are rolling out city by city Mm -hmm. so one of our biggest hurdles is the rollout and how to get since we are a two-sided marketplace you have to have the supply and the demand sure so we're doing city by city. We're live in Baltimore, New York, and New Orleans right now. And we're gearing up to open Philly and D.C. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing them as we go. And then if we find some sort of a partnership or a you know, a writer of, of a blog in a certain city that wants to collaborate, we'll, we'll open up cities accordingly mm-hmm. based off of demand. Right. Um, but, yeah, we, we're definitely going to be strategic about it because you don't want to open it up everywhere and then have people have a bad experience. Right, and if you don't have connections in right. certain cities, I mean, it's kind of important for you to know people sure. in those cities first to pave the way. Yeah, and I can still give yeah. advice on the app. Right, yeah. <laughs> Do you give advice a lot? Do you oh, find yeah. yourself on All the app? time. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes it's hard to 
keep up on emails and the day to day when you're constantly, you know, I'm giving tons of advice. Yeah. Which is fun. I love are you char- it. Are you charging people? No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm not charging anybody. Okay. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of funny. We had Jeff, my co-founder had his set at a dollar just for testing. And in the like couple minutes that we did that, someone actually paid him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He still gave him great advice, but it was probably worth every, every penny of that dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, you asked about where we headed at some point we want this to be a place where you can connect with anybody about anything city travel related. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we have ideas for pipeline, different things that we want to add features in the future. We're keeping it really, really simple for now, as simple as we can just mm-hmm. to let users start, start getting involved with the core functionality, mm-hmm. gaining value. And then, you know, in the future, maybe itineraries or like you were talking about what's your day. That's something we've thought about is like being able to, to give people, an itinerary of your day. And there's some really incredible startups out there doing just that. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll be collecting data and yeah. and helping people out every single day that we'll have enough on there to uh, really add value. Yeah. We um, went to Italy last summer and the planning of it and just, <laughs> ju- just trying to like weed out the super touristy things, you know, because you do want to do some touristy sure. things. But trying to find like a great restaurant to take a cooking class for example i mean i was i spent like an hour just trying to find that right you know like going through like different restaurants in the area and seeing it was optional but it would be great to just ask someone you know and cut out take it have it take five minutes and then there's um have you heard of kid and co it's like the kid version of airbnb no i haven't so it's cool though it's really cool so it's like houses that are kid friendly so whether or not they have toys built in but like they'll have a crib and you know some of them are stunning but i could even see this yeah turning into that a little you know the opportunity would be there for it i guess you know as you're traveling and i think there's a lot of applications in in the future and like you said it seems boundless right and and something that we're also excited about is you know right now i think people are using it more for hey i'm looking for this now Mm -hmm. to connect but like you said you're going to italy so in the future, the goal is that you can get on Blicky three weeks before you go or three months before you go, connect with someone there. Maybe you even build a relationship. And by the time you get there, you guys are having dinner. Yeah. Right? So you can plan it ahead of time. Yeah. And get that, that information that's really important to you drilled down. And like you're like, okay, this is what I need. This is what we love. Where's the restaurant where we can bring our son right. and daughter and still have a great meal and let them eat something and be entertained and yeah. not disrupt the whole dining room, right? Like Exactly. It's hard are. it's hard to extract a lot of those minute details out of online reviews. Yeah. Especially when you're just reading and trying to figure it out. Right. And there's like one asshole who had a bad experience yeah. and they're like, Well, I would never take a child here and yeah, then, there's but always, then you show up and it's like a room full of kids. Right. You know? There's <laughs> always that that yeah. person. Yeah. Sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> curse, but <laughs> it's all good. I don't know what the rules are around that uh <laughs> I mean I think you should say whatever you want to it's say. It's a podcast, right? Like, yeah. We're not on the radio. We're not we're not bound by any <laughs> rules. <laughs> I've heard some pretty wild podcasts, so. Yeah. Lots of cursing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We'll keep it minimal on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um well thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. This was great. Yeah, and Thanks how do people how do people find Blicky? So so we're available now on the app store and Blicky is spelled B L I K K E E. Uh you can also Should have- I ask where the name came from? Sure. Is that, is, that a, is that a question worth It's asking? a quick kind of funny story, but it... Okay, well, take us out. Yeah, so we wanted to call it Tin Can, like the Tin Can phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that space, and you know, Tin Can was really noisy. We were never going to get the domain. So naming was actually one of the harder parts, and we had this 
long list of names. And yeah. We didn't know what would be fitting and what wouldn't. So one night I was real frustrated. And I went on Google Translate. And this actually might hit a bit close to home because of our, our mutual friend Kaz. But Afrikaans is the first language on Google Translate. So I typed in Tin Can and it came up Blicky. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and it's a different spelling. It's an IE instead of an EE on the end. But I was like, oh, that's like that's kind of catchy. It's a bit sticky. I, I like it. Yeah. So I slept on it and I, I proposed it to my partner and he was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. And I registered all the domain and, and all the socials, Twitter and Instagram and everything, which were on backslash Blicky, B-L-I-K-K-E-E. And it just stuck. It was, first, it was a working title. And they were like, we like it. So for us, it, it's fun. You know, it's it's memorable. I think the challenge up front is spelling it. But once it becomes more of a household name, hopefully we can turn it into a verb like Google, right? Yeah, I should, those double Ks. <laughs> I should have known it was uh, Afrikaans. Yeah. I, I, it's, like, it, was like kind of, it was really funny, but... But I felt relieved. I went to bed early that night. Yeah. 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure. Hey, Baltimore. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can find more about Downtown Baltimore at GoDowntownBaltimore.com.